This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time, on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca. All right, we are now with our guest virtually all the way up from Thailand. We're on the Full Switch series. I'm your co-host, Kenny, and I am very excited to bring on the one and only Inderbir Gill out in Thailand right now, you know, <laughs> doing what he loves, playing the sport of basketball and, you know, making a name for himself. And I would love to give you the floor, Inderbir, to share with us a little bit of, you know, what you're involved in right now and um, how you're a leader in the space of basketball today? Well, first of all, Kenny, thanks for having me on this show, man. I really, really appreciate it. I know we talked before, but anytime and I get an opportunity to, uh, you know, talk about my story or talk about my experiences, man, it's always a great experience. So I want to thank you for giving me the platform. Um, and man, as far as man, what I'm doing in Thailand, I'm playing basketball in the first ever 3x3 professional basketball league here in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. And, you know, we had a tournament last week, which my team, we lost in the finals. We have another tournament this today, actually, in the evening. And, uh, you know, I'll be here until mid-December. The goal is to win the championship here and uh, hopefully, you know, um, you know, play in the FIBA World Tours coming up next year. That is awesome, man. And rightfully so. I know that that has your name written all over it. I, I think, you know, for someone like myself who uh, can appreciate the sport of basketball, when you think of three-on-three, three, it must be so much more fast-paced, so much more high energy, uh, and, like, obviously more playtime. Like, you must be having to work, what would I say, two or three times harder than normal because it's only three-on-three. On three. Do, I, do I have that correct? I think that you hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, I've been playing five on five, man, my whole life. You know, that's how I fell in love with the game. But when I was introduced to 3x3 basketball in 2016, I kind of looked at it as like, as a fun way to kind of, you know, make some money and just kind of fun way to be involved with basketball. But man, I didn't realize how extremely tough this game is, how... Uh, how demanding this game is as far as your physical requirements and how much of a toll it takes on your overall body, man, in order to be very successful at this game. So uh, since then, man, it's been uh, actually a lot of fun playing this format because it's just a faster format uh, of basketball. And as you see the trend these days with cricket, you know, from like 50 overs, now it's T20. You know, with volleyball, you got, you know, beach volleyball. Even with football, you got futsal. So I think with our generation, with the people the way they are, especially with having, you know, ADD, right? People can't be watching too many, uh, something for so long. So I think this is a perfect format for uh, basketball fans to enjoy a game that is so beautiful 
and it's very intense, very entertaining, very fast pacing. So I encourage all the people to really, you know, get into 3XG basketball because I feel like this is the new big wave that's going to take over. That's exciting, man. And that, that, that's such a good reminder to see how many different sports leagues are evolving outside the leagues, but just different ways of enjoying the sport. I noticed that even with yeah. jiu-jitsu, man, like jiu-jitsu right. is art of itself. And then nowadays there's things called slap jiu-jitsu where you could slap <laughs> the person like, right? Like, just <laughs> go on. and it's just like, yo, like, let's just add another layer to the sport. That's going to make it perhaps entertaining. And I like how right, right, right. because everyone's got different attention spans now. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. cool to hear how even though you have so much experience and you've built a career through basketball and you played it through the traditional rules, you still feel like there's a different way you have to train and, and go into this sport. Well, what would you say something that you notice you have to do more or less of now to playing three on three? in their beer that like you maybe didn't train as much before, but because it's three on three now, there may be a higher yeah. demand for something that, that is needed from your system. What is that really? Right. So can great question, right? Like for basketball as, as, as a player, you know, um, I have to be very honest with myself. You know, if I'm, if I keep living in the same like past, it's like you're five on five and you know, you can't treat this game as a five on five game. Just like maybe like jiu-jitsu, like slab jiu-jitsu has to be different, right? There has to be different techniques that go in it and there are different strategies for that uh, that are going to make you win the game or make you win the match. Same concepts apply in 3x3. Your training has to be different. In 5-on-5, man, you have 12 players. You have coaches, right, that can guide you. You have a bigger support system. Here you only have four players. You have no coaches, right? So you kind of have to rely on your own basketball IQ and your own basketball knowledge to really pick yourself up when you're really down because, you know, you lose and you get hit and you, you know, you, there's a lot of ups and downs in any sport. So whereas in five on five, you have a lot of big support system. You have coaches who tell you, Hey, you should do this. Maybe we should do this next game here. You got to come up with this on your own. And I think that's one challenge that I really admire and I appreciate because it tests my own, like I'm challenging myself every day. Right, because if I'm not winning, hey man, it's on me because I'm not doing maybe the right things that require me to get a W. So uh, it's a it's it's a you know ongoing challenge every day, and I feel like that's what you know makes me get up every morning and accept the day and be excited about the day because I know I'm going to learn something and I know I have to accomplish something. That must be different without a coach too, right? Because that that's news to me. Like it's not often mm. someone plays in a league and doesn't have a coach to lead the ship. So how do you and your team of three others, it seems, right? Cause you have one sub. Mm-hmm. How do you all hold one another accountable to get better? I uh, mean, it's really, you know, it depends on personalities, you know, it depends on how the team is put together. You know, my nickname, everybody calls me the general. And I think that's, that's what I bring to the like yeah. <laughs> You know, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I have split personalities. Whenever I'm on the court, I'm always, you know, telling people what to do, what they should, shouldn't do. I feel like I'm the coach on the on the on the court, so I think that's one of my assets that I bring. I bring leadership. You know, I'm gonna bring, uh, you know, different kind of strategies into the game, and uh, just overall, you know, I've always been a captain on on all of my basketball teams, so I bring that experience. But as far as you know, holding each other accountable, man, it's tough because you know we're all grown men, right? You don't want to step on each other's uh, foot or whatever on egos, right? There's a lot to be 
um, concerned about, man. But I've just been very, very lucky that I've had a great, I've had some great teammates um, that have taught me a lot over the years. And I have great, some really bad teammates that have taught me a lot over the years as well. So, uh, you know, overall, man, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, like I said, man, it's a challenge, right? So you just have to overcome it. You have to keep getting better. And that's uh, just what, keep, that's what keeps me going every day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's a certain persona that we carry in a different field and environment we're in. Uh, and this happens, I find, to a lot of athletes. You mentioned earlier how you you don't recognize that you're the same person on the court compared to off the court. Reminds you so much. I had the same conversation with my other friend who professionally has played basketball for Spain, and he now runs his own academy. It's called In the Details. And he says how much mm-hmm. like he is a different person on the court compared to off. And it's like, you almost need that switch, you know, for our listeners out there also who are, you know, trying to behave in a certain way and, and actually take action in something they're doing work related. Is that necessarily, are they being the same person they would act when they're sitting on the couch, hanging out with their kids at home? Whatever that is, is how do you, make that switch happen. And if you're able to admit that, I'm glad you did, man. Cause I'm the same way, man. Like when I go out, you're not going to see me smiling year to year when yeah. I'm training uh, or sorry, when I'm competing in a jujitsu match, I'm trying to uh, not let emotions get in the way. But what I am trying to insinuate is I'm dialed in. I'm game ready. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm right, 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 right. On like one task at hand right now. And it's like, there's nothing else that matters, but like right. now we could arguably say what makes us as athletes make the switch. To then be right. able to be ready and, and you know what do you do to make that switch happen and why do you think it sounds like it's important for you in their beard to mm-hmm. have a switch for sure man i think the switch is very necessary but kenny like i want to i wanted to ask you uh, uh, uh like something along the same topic right because i feel like i'm struggling with this mm. because as i'm maturing right because i used to be i would say a little bit mean Right. So it's easy for me to turn the switch and be this very serious kind of a mean basketball player, you know, but I think it's necessary. I don't know if you've seen like uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan. Right. He's a he's a terrible teammate. He's very tough on his teammates. Savage. But he wins, right. He's savage. Right. But he, but I think that you need that switch. You need to be very like kind of serious. Oh, you need to be serious. You need to be a savage on the court. Right or any field that you're playing, especially sports. But as human beings, you know, I feel like we got to be very nice people. You know, we got to care for each other. We got to show empathy, kindness and all that. But on the, on the, on the court, man, you can't be kind, you know, and you can't show that empathy because if you show that that's a weakness and you end up losing. So as I was saying earlier, you know, for me, as I'm maturing, I am learning, you know, you learn more about life because, you know, it's not just only about basketball as it was for me before. I mean, basketball is my life. I eat, sleep. So anything I'm thinking about, all my 100% of my thoughts are catered towards basketball. But obviously, like I said, as I'm maturing, you know, you think more about like overall life. And you think about, man, like if I'm a, you know, a-hole on the court, right? I don't like that personality of myself that's being portrayed or as I am on the court because they're like, hey, man, I got ego. I'm cocky on the court. And when I see sometimes myself uh, like making that switch now, I just start laughing because I'm like, bro, that's not really me anymore, you know? But uh, and that's all I wanted to ask you. When you're a host 
and you know you say you're you know you got to smile from ear to ear and all of a sudden you got to go into a jiu-jitsu match right it's a, that, do you do you struggle with that with your like you know how uh charismatic you are you know how happy you are to all of a sudden man you're a mean guy you're about to kick somebody's ass you know yeah no wow that's a good point man like you know first of all i appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share that you're you're struggling with this and you're trying to like navigate how you show up on the court now because it reminds me so much of the switch that happened for me recently is i ironically enough putting this pressure on myself made me perform worse so i'm just going to share that right off the bat mm-hmm. i thinking oh, I've traveled this far. I've put money into this. I must win. Thinking so outcome-based and taking it too seriously with perhaps mm-hmm. maybe the way you were acting before, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. like I got to be like Michael Jordan, right? Like we'll compare ourselves to goats. We'll act and put on this persona. I did that. And now mm-hmm. when I think back, I'm thinking about in the, the expenditure of energy I put into being emotionally driven for an outcome that I can't predict Mm -hmm. can predict is showing up and playing the game as flawlessly as I play it when no one's right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Flawlessly as I play it when win or lose doesn't matter. You know, it's funny how sometimes we say, right? Like we've had the best practices or we, we sometimes tell ourselves like, yo, like why can't sometimes the pressure of an athlete or someone who's performing going out on stage we wonder why was the time practicing this better off than the time I actually needed to have it matter more. Right, and that's right, right. all pressure. That's all mm-hmm. looking at the game like it's a ride or die situation. I personally, right. what's worked for me, man, I got rid of that pressure. Mm-hmm. What I do, and I, I've heard uh, goats in the game, man, Gobrinha, he's someone that mm-hmm. said this. He's a world champion in jiu-jitsu, um, like over 10-time world champion. And he runs a very successful lineage now. Um, another person, Sadhguru, very well known around mm-hmm. the world right now, right? As an influencer. And I feel like even calling him an influencer doesn't give him enough justice. He's really right. doing so many things to change the world. But this is what they've said that's resonated with me. Mm-hmm. They've said things along the lines of, when you go and are you're performing, perform the play. Mm-hmm. right? So when you look at someone, this is how Sadhguru put it. A tennis player that is keeping one eye on the ball and their other eye on winning, they now only have one eye. They have one yeah, yeah. They have half of the amount of attention on needing to focus on what's right in front of them. So right, 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 the right. game and do it flawlessly, do it joyfully, he says. Mm-hmm. Use that word joyfully. Yeah, yeah. Do it for all the reasons right, right. why you started it in the first place. And then Bro. whatever will happen outcome-wise will happen naturally, but go to play the game. And then Man, you, you show up like emotionless, like, like the, the no nerves. And now you're just right. ready to play. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. And I made that switch, man. Game changer, brother. Wow, man. That's so beautiful, man. Because I feel like I'm right on the verge. You know, I'm right, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like that joy of the game. Like my favorite quote of all time is, I don't know who said it, but I, for Jordan say like long time ago, right? Uh, it was stay true to the game and the game will always be true to you, right? And then when I first, I told you when I got first got the opportunity to play basketball in 2016, this is after, you know, I've been player of the year, man, male athlete of the year, all of this and never got a chance. Finally get a chance after five years after graduating from Canada, college. 
And I remember when I first got the opportunity, there's so much joy. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a professional basketball player. I mean, I'm making money. I'm traveling the world, right? And we did really well our first year. Like, you know, we were on the top. We lost, to the, we lost in the championship in the finals. And ever since then, because, you know, we set our goal target as, hey, championship game, right? Now it's a break. It's a, it, either you make it to that championship and you win. Not even you, you can't lose in the championship game either. So now our goals, our target is you got to win every year. Hey, so now when your target is to win every year, and this is another topic, right? That's outcome-based. And now if I'm only focused on winning, man, like, so I felt like the last few years, the joy of playing was slowly diminishing, right? Just getting less, less, less. And now the pressure is just getting higher, higher, higher. And in result, my performance is going down, down, down. Because yeah. I'm not having fun, right? I'm thinking too much. So literally, like, I would say, man, in the last year, right, COVID blessing in disguise, you know, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to reflect. So I was able to, like, you know, like that verse of your having joy, being happy is so important, man. I'm starting to realize that now, and I'm 35, you know, and I'm having the most fun playing as I ever did. You know, like, I mean, I used to put in eight, 10 hours a day. And, you know, and now I'm putting in close to, you know, that was when I was 20, 24, 25 years old, putting in eight to 10 hours. And now I'm 35, man, I'm still putting in close to six to eight hours. And this six to eight hours feels way easier than the time that I used to spend before, because now I'm really enjoying, like, just getting better. Like, the small, small fundamentals in the game, I'm having so much fun. Just, you know, like polishing it or learning new skills and like actually thinking I'm getting better compared to like, oh, man, we better win this game or oh, there's a tournament coming up. You know, I got to get ready for that. So I, I see your point, man. And I think it's, it's a very, very good point that you made. And I thank you, man, because like it kind of, kind of just confirms that, okay, I'm there. I just got to push it a little bit harder. Yeah, man, 100%. I, I love that example you gave about what that felt like, because it's a reminder of the pressure we sometimes inadvertently put on ourselves where it's like, yeah, getting told that we have the opportunity or that we're going to need to win every year. That's exciting. We could talk all day about the benefits of winning the status, the reputation, the sponsors, the accolades that come with it. But let's first think about, okay, I love how you mentioned it just now. It's like, if I just focus on my skill sets, if I focus on my abilities, what am I good at now? What are the holes I'm going to need to fill now in this new way of playing three on three? Um, mm -hmm. You know what? And, and that's kind of now down to how am I practicing? You know, now, now we're starting mm -hmm. to get at the concepts of how to actually effectively practice. Cause everyone can talk about um, court time. Everyone can talk about, you know, buckets that are being thrown and spending all that time and energy in, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. man, I was up at early 4am and I was practicing. But how did you practice? Exactly. Yeah, and and yeah. that is the concept of where how is important. But I feel mm -hmm. like if we just sit around how all day, where I love that point you made about like the less amount of, let's just say, energy you have and the more time you spend doing something, if you keep doing it at a lower amount of energy and passion, mm -hmm. you're not actually going to translate that over into productivity because right. you're just becoming a lesser um, version of yourself. But now yeah, it's yeah, okay, yeah. how I need to go about my practice. Let's mix it in with why I'm doing this. 
And right. it's almost like a constant reminder, man. I talk about this with my trainers that get burnt out after four months of 10 hour days, six, seven days a week, constantly mm-hmm. going like, you got the dismay of other people. You almost feel like you're a servant, just constantly proving to people why they need you as a trainer. It could be soul sucking. But if you right. keep optimizing how you're approaching people and how you're training them, okay, take that. Now, why you keep doing this? Right, because right, right. The thing is, man, we don't talk a lot about like how we feel after the losses. We get put on a pedestal during the wins. Everyone wants to hear about how you won, why you do yeah. this. But when you lose, because that's going to happen, you got to remind yourself again, why am I doing this and how did I lose? Because right, I was, I was right, talking right. about this with my training partner the other day, man. He's like, man, he's like, he says a name. Let's just call him for lack of a better memory, a Larry Smith. He's like, man, Larry Smith, whenever I think of that guy's name, brings me right back to that loss. He asked me a great question. He's like, Kenny, how do you deal with losses? And I'm like, wow, man. Well, first and foremost, great question. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I'll tell you right off the bat. I tell myself, however way I lost, don't lose like that again. Yeah, yeah. Ever prevented me from winning. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna narrow in on 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 situations I was in where I'm like, ah, that moment. That's where they had the upper mm-hmm. hand. They put me on my back, right. and then the court, the ball's now in their court. Right now, I'm gonna drill that situation. I'm gonna dissect that situation. I'm gonna make sure right. I make that situation my strength as opposed to my weakness now. Because if mm-hmm. I go back in that situation again, then I really lost because I didn't take the time right, right. to 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 figure out when I'm in that situation again, how to make sure it's still advantageously in my court. And hundred percent, man, hundred percent, you know, like that, that's when even I'm telling him this, and it was a reminder for me in the beer. I'm like, I got to make sure that I'm practicing smart, not just hard. Mm -hmm. Great stories are timeless to be a great storyteller. One must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience. To pull with the heartstrings and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate, and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. And, and man, it's so true because you know, like when we're kids, right? Everybody's like, man, put like, you got to, like, you know, you hear NBA players or you hear these athletes, man, I'm waking up by 4 a.m. I'm getting my first workout by six o'clock or like, you know, I'm done with my first workout at six o'clock and then I'm my second workout at 10 o'clock and then my third workout, this and that. And, you know, there is a huge chance of obviously burning out, right? But if you're not, like, if you're just doing the workout just to do it, like, oh, okay, well, I'm supposed to go work out, right? And like you're saying, like, if, if the intensity needs to be up here at 100% on all your workouts, and you're only, because since you got to work out eight hours a day, you're only giving in 20% in all your workouts, obviously, you're not going to improve. And I've noticed that over the years, too, 
like the understanding of what I need from my body, right? What I need from my workouts and just being smarter about how to work out has been so great, man. You know, it's, this is, that's, that's part of the challenge that I, uh, that I like to, uh, that I love, that I, that I really enjoy. Cause you can, like you're talking about when you lose, you dissect why you lost. And now I think when you're losing, that's when you dissect everything. Be like, oh man, am I practicing the right way? Right? Am I like not putting in enough hours? Am I putting in too much? Am I too burnt out? That's so that loss, questions, right? Right. You gotta ask. You gotta be so honest with yourself. And if you can't be honest with yourself, man, you can't be honest with nobody, right? So then that. you're not gonna see the results either. It, it reminds me so much of like everything else in life, man. Like like you know that like month end review or quarterly review at work, right? It's like you know what am I like if I keep spinning the wheels the same way. I'm going to get the same result. So if I need to make changes, I have to reverse engineer some of the things I'm doing, even down to relationships, right? Like we get ego cut in the way and we we're trying so hard to get, let's just say if we're in a situation, a significant other to hear where we're coming from. But first, just look at what you need to do. Like you need to put right. yourself in the situation of the other person and wonder why they are deciding to get upset at you in the first place over something and ask yourself if you can actually make that change or not. Otherwise, it just history keeps repeating itself. That's why I, I love, man. I just, I love athleticism. I love being a, a competitor, whether it's for the reasons of trying to be the best at what you're doing or just challenging yourself because it gets you to ask yourself these questions. No one just competes, mm -hmm. especially in vigorous sports like what we do. It's taxing. You have to be yeah. in shape. You have to be physically and mentally like ready. And mm -hmm. It's so cool to see how with what we're talking about, the brain works and the questions we ask ourselves. And if you're building a bridge to do the same in your personal life, then it's right. Great, right. And yeah, yeah. We'll see this it, it, athletes. We're wired it in a certain way, right? Right, right. And, and you know, like oftentimes, sometimes, bro, I really, because when I take my losses really hard, right? Like it's, it's tough for me. And I'm, you know, it, it, and I think in order to be great, you gotta hate losing. Right, you can't you can't get comfortable with losing, but man, I sometimes I, I often think, bro, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can hit this anymore. You know, like man, the 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 side effects of losing, right? Like how it's so ro such a roller coaster of a journey, especially like you know playing jujitsu, you have matches, you win some, you lose some. When you win, yeah, okay, man, I, I'm supposed to do this. But when you lose, frick, man, like everything just you know comes down. Uh, and then you feel like it's the end of the world. And now you got to get yourself up again. So I don't know. How, so how do you feel like when you win a match compared to when you lose? Do you hate to lose more than you love to win? Oh, man. Right? Like, I, I, like I, I deal That's with a that great question. question. <laughs> Winning feels amazing, man. Right? Like, you're asking me the difference of the feeling and what I do? Or, like, what do you play more for? Like, do you, like, do you play not to lose? Or do you play to win? Like now, like for now, I'll be very honest. Like outside of yes, I was talking about now me focusing on the process and everything. I strictly do it. Of course. Yeah. Like I want to win like that, mm -hmm. that. The feeling of winning is far more glorious than how sad you feel as a loser. Like if you were to compare right. both opposite reactions out of what you get, I would argue that you're a sore loser. If you let the feeling of losing get to you so badly that you don't enjoy it or the mm -hmm. isn't as high when you win, because when you win, it's how much better are you than the person that lost against you? When you really look at it, they right. say, man, that Olympians, 
What is the biggest difference in the first place winner compared to the person that came in fourth? Truly not much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Marginally isn't much of a difference between the two. What comes down to it is what is this person doing and how are they behaving and how do they treat themselves mentally the day of the day before in life in general, how happy are they and how content are they? Because mentally, I mean, sorry, what I meant is physically, everyone is capable. Everyone's at a high enough level. Mm -hmm. But the difference is how you're treating yourself through that process. That's, to me, what's mm -hmm. going to make the winner. Going back to the concept of joy and playing, like that mental concept of how you show up. Everyone is qualified mm -hmm. to be first. But now, what did it? what is it that you're telling yourself through it? So now when I relate that, man, to your question is winning feels so glorious because you won in inches. And you, if you look at it, yes, you're up against people that have put in as much work and effort and sweat and tears as you did. But mm -hmm. now you lose, you lose rightfully. You lose with a sense of pride. You lose with mm -hmm. recognizing that, okay, now's my time to identify where did I let this not work in my favor? Right. Was it the state I decided to put myself in? Was it the one little mistake I made that I wasn't aware of? Or was this person just rightfully better than me? And it, I think mm -hmm. it takes an extreme level of ownership to own up to that. Right. I'd be lying to you, man, if I told you that um, I'm not doing it to win. We all, I think as athletes, I can speak on my behalf. I'm going to play joyfully, but once I win, it's going to be the greatest feeling in the world because I love recognition. I love validation. I love being put mm -hmm. on, on a pedestal. I love those things. I, like right, right. my sport gives that to me. But it also right. me and it reminds me that everything had to be dialed in, not just my athleticism. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, for hundred percent. You know, I, I, you know, I, I agree with you. You know, hundred percent. But I had a little bit of a different approach to this. Yeah, I you know, a few years back, you know, I, 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 bro, I was always playing to not to lose. Mm. I hated to lose. I'd rather not lose. I mean, I'd rather. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't want to lose. You know, I don't care if I win, but I don't want to lose, right? And, like, I would all, often have this conversation with my teammates, and a lot of us, man, like, we would say the same answer. I'm like, man, I don't want to, like, I'd rather not lose, but I don't care who wins. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird to say that. And that's when I was going down this just downward thing, man, where, I, you know, my game is suffering. I'm not having fun. You know, we're now, the team is now winning. And as soon as, like, you know, like but I with said the before, mental man, like, hey, okay? that's a unique thing. That, yeah, this, as soon as you turn that switch mentally and you're like, man, forget not losing. I want, like, I love to win. I want to play to win the game. I love to play for the joy of the game. I don't, like, I'm going to give my 100%. I'm okay with whatever happens at the end. Man, since I've had that mentality, the game has been so much more fun for me. It's been like, you know, it, it, it's teaching me so much more about life, right? And this is coming from a sport. What and I feel that? like that's been the best, you know, sorry? Where was the switch? Where did you all of a sudden realize that you didn't think this way anymore? What did that for you? Because you, you started thinking this way. I mean, I, I think I'm in process of doing it. Sorry? Oh, in the process, okay. I was just saying. Yeah, I think I'm in the process of doing it. You've been in it long enough 
where someone similar to you can feel this way where it's like, I've been doing this long enough and now where's the juice? They start comparing it to where it was in the beginning. Yeah, and man, that's one of the, the things that I think as humans do that take total happiness, joy out of everything. That's comparison. You know, like anytime you win, like when we won, we, well, we were such idiots. We, like, we wanted to, you know, 2016, we were the second best team. And to this day, I feel like we are comparing ourselves to that team. Like, oh, man, how did we get there? Man, that's six years ago. Mm. You know, the people change, players change, the game has changed. So as long as if we don't change and, you know, we don't go with the wind, it's going to be very tough to, to be successful. I'm and so now I'm realizing that, like, man, forget not losing. And let's just do it for yourself first. Yeah. Get, you know, work on yourself. Be the best version of yourself. And at the end of the day, what happens, happens. And, you know, and that's been what it's been, it's been working for me. The general came in and just started to realize that, you know what, we're not looking at things right. We got to change this up. So that's awesome. Man. You know, we got to, we got to change the, the strategy in the battlefield, right? We've been losing yes. these battles. We got to win the war. <laughs> yeah, man, hundred percent. And that's what it takes sometimes is just to look back and reflect and be like, we're not, we're not going about it the way we should be right now. You know, and, and that's exactly, back to those exactly. pieces, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I want us to transition a little bit, brother. And, you know, speaking of transitions and talking about what you need to tell yourself to do what you feel like you're meant to do. You were at a point, And when you told me this, it was ground shaking, man, where you had the opportunity to work for the NBA as, mm -hmm. you know, someone who was going to get into coaching and work for the largest basketball league. And, you also then had another opportunity to play three on three basketball. You know, mm -hmm. as we can tell, we can see what decision you made, but I can't imagine <clears throat> your head during that time where it's like, okay, I'm at a point in my life where arguably I could throw in the towel and I can now work as the coach. Some people would look at that as the next step or what you would do after you feel like you're fully done maxing out your potential and playing. You had to ask yourself a few questions in their beer. You had to go through a transition and you ultimately said no to that opportunity. And you mm -hmm. took the risk in playing in a brand new concept, three on three, where it's new. It is exciting, high risk, high reward. You still ultimately get to play. Mm -hmm. For other people out there, man, like when they listen to this, this to me is so important because people battle through a lot of this in life, right? In like stages, going into something like, you know, a, a change of pace or the next step in their career or as an athlete or as someone who just needs to say, okay, I tried. I, I tried to mm -hmm. dream. Dream is NBA or UFC or work for the biggest, largest organization. But mm -hmm. now is it worth working for it in a different position? Or do I still continue to do what I love in something that isn't part of the big leagues? And mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to kind of hear, man, like, what that process was like for you. And I want to keep this very open because there's a lot of people that get involved in this and it sucks the life out of them because they become so identified by wanting that one thing. Welcome to Super Typical Mega Bank. How can we disappoint you today? Hi, I'd like to open an account. May I pressure you into considering a pro disadvantage, high regret, impersonal, everyday inconvenience savings plan with added compounded confusion at no additional discount or apology? It's one of our top disappointers. I feel so... Disappointed? Yeah. Another unsatisfied customer. Next! If your bank makes you feel like this, it's time you talk to us. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future.
All right, we're back here with Inderbeer Gill, you know, professional three-on-three basketball player. And I wanted us to just bring it back. You know, we're on the full switch series where, you know, we talk to inspiring leaders in their respective field to help our listeners lead um, their life in the right direction. You know, whether it be uh, something involved in their careers or in their personal life, we want to make sure people are leading with intent. And uh, that's something we feel like you do, Inderbeer. You know, like, as we were saying, just coming back on the show here with the questions I asked, you went through quite the transitional period of choosing to continue to play uh, professional mm-hmm. ball in a completely different league and saying no to working for the NBA as a coach. And um, I just want to see, man, like, what was that decision like? What was going through your head? And um, when you're thinking of our audience members who may be in a position where they feel like they have to throw in the towel for their dreams because they've been trying to chase it for mm-hmm. so long, how right. can you still best navigate to chase it, knowing that it feels riskier and riskier as the years are going by? You know, I mean, it, it, man, it was definitely the toughest decision I've ever had to make in my life. Um, and, you know, I, I read something very cool yesterday, and it said the toughest part of pursuing your goals or your dream is not knowing if God is sending you signs to throw in the towel and be like, okay, this is it, right? Which is testing your ego or it's testing your faith to keep going. And I thought that was very interesting because, you know, like I feel like, man, I want to, I want to, in order for me to be really successful, I have to, I believe in following signs and you following your intuition what your heart really wants to do, like follow your soul. So in that decision, man, I, you know, I had been trying to play professional basketball for five years and I came very close many, you know, like three or four times when I almost had a deal to go play in Germany and UK and some other countries and never got the opportunity. Right. And then finally, when I got the opportunity, I had a great offer from NBA India to be one of the leading scouts in India. And then obviously, you know, that would have been my chain up to go what I really wanted to do later on in my career, which is to coach basketball. And at that time I was thinking I was 27, man. And I was like, man, I'm 27 years old. Yeah, I can get into coaching. Yeah, I love coaching. I want to grow the game. I want to help even India, you know, get better in basketball. But man, I'm 27, man. I want to play too, right? So I remember playing and we had a great year. We, you know, I, I, I talked about it before we came in second in the world tour finals and that made it even tougher because I'm right there at the top, you know, when on the basketball side and I'm my first year playing pro and on the other side, I have this great job that can be my potentially be a great career for me. And, you know, I remember those days, man, very, very tough time. Like it was I actually only got one day to decide and I'm so lucky to have timeline. You know, because I knew, like, it was happening. So I kind of had an idea, but, like, They knew what they were doing. You got one day to decide. Go, let us know tomorrow. Decide. (laughs) And I felt like, man, it was so – it was good. That way I I could make a decision in a day, and you could really follow your heart because you don't overthink that, right? So, man, I I was so lucky to have such a great support system, great family and friends. You know, you would think all your family and friends, they'd be like, hey, man, go with the career because basketball life isn't uh, guaranteed. You're not going to make that much money, like, especially like starting basketball players. You, there's, there's not much in, there's not much money in basketball, especially if you're starting in the lower leagues. And man, all of my friends, all of my family members, they're all like, 
Now you'll be an idiot not to pursue your your dreams for so long. Why would you coach now? You can do this at any time. And at that time, I remember being scared, and I was the only one out of everybody I asked. I wanted, I, I like, like in my heart, I wanted to play, but my mind was telling me, "I'm like, man, I faced so many rejections, and it sucks being rejected all the time, right? It sucks, like." people telling you indirectly that you're not good enough to play right professionally so all man you can imagine as a kid from since i was 11 12 years old i had a dream playing basketball and now i'm 27 15 years later and i'm still seeing this and people are saying you're not good enough and my family has more faith in me than my stupid brain does and i remember i'm in the gym in the morning bro i'm in the gym at 7 a.m. right i got to make the decision by i remember Around 12 o'clock, I still haven't made the decision. And I'm in the gym just like a, like a robot. I wake up, I'm supposed to go to the gym. That's just what I do, right? And I'm going to the gym, and I'm like, well, why am I even in the gym right now? Like, because in my mind, I've made the decision, like, I'm going to go take the coaching job. I don't got to I don't gotta put my body through this eight hours a day. Like, what am I doing here? Freaking... I'm like, life, life or death <laughs> is it that I'm making? Why are you so used to going? Exactly, man. And I remember at that time, I'm like, I know why I'm in the gym, because it brings me so much joy. You know, it brings me peace. It brings a purpose in my life that I'm here to do something. So I remember, man, I just literally had tears out of my eyes. Like, I'm warming up. I'm like, man, I know the decision. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. She's like, thank God. Right? Like, thank God you're doing this. She's like, man, you know, wish you the best and all that. But that decision, man, ultimately changed my whole life. And I was 27 when thinking, you know, often we put so much pressure on ourselves. Be like, man, what am I doing with my life? I got, I got to get married. I got to do this. I got to have kids. I got to have a house. You know, my friends are buying Bentleys. I'm in my mom's, mom's car from 10 years ago. So things like that, uh, you know, when there's a lot of pressure, I think that's what really tests your, uh, your character. And man, if you can stand straight and you can look yourself in the mirror at that time, be like, yo, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I think I think that's a very good way to, to, to live and a good way to go about it. That's beautiful, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it just goes to show like your devotion to the love of the game you play is so apparent. And that when you go back to the quote you mentioned about faith, whether it's testing that or ego, you very well know that you and I can both agree. You can't do what you're doing at 60 or 70. Can't possibly right. do it in the 50s. It has a shelf life. And it's only going to last mm -hmm. so long. And when you're 27 years old, what a reminder. Because I'm 27 right now. Mm -hmm. On realizing that that position, NBA, they're always going to need scouts in India. They're always growing. They're always, they'll knock on your door again. But your window of opportunity as an athlete right now to play on the court, even in your mid-30s right now, like you still, I love how you said it off air in our previous conversation where you're like, you know what? I'm more aware of how I need to move my body and the things I need to do for it, for it to be fully optimal. And even in your mid-30s, you're, you're still able to play so well, but you know that this is going to end soon. The position mm -hmm. to play for MBAs, I build my name, will always be there. And even if it isn't, there's going to be other similar opportunities. There's going to be so many things that are going to like allow me to get to that level. And it's a reminder to me too, man. We're like, I'm reminded by that too. Where I'm like, I'm only 27 once. I only have yeah, so much once. time without kids and a wife 
with really only just prioritizing myself right now to see what this potential is like. And not saying we put pressure on ourselves, but when we scratch our head wondering why we've been doing something since we were so young, like nine years old or playing like yourself since I think it was five, right? Like Mm -hmm. we, we owe it to ourselves and the sport we love playing to see where it can really take us. And uh, that's that, that's that feeling of, again, devotion, man. And it just being like, I really admire your story because anyone else will kind of look at that. Like, Oh, that's what I did it all for. And I'm eventually going to get there. And I really respect people, man, who just see that, like, okay, it's either now or never. And uh, if I do it, then I'll never regret wondering what if. Yeah, man. And like along these lines, man, I would like to share, you know, I remember when I was making this decision, I remember, man, it was like yesterday, like that 24 hours that I had the time to make up the decision. There was so much doubt in my mind. There was so much fear, right? I was so nervous because it's a, you know, life-changing decision. And at that time, when the decision I was leading to make, which was to coach, was out of fear, was out of self-doubt, right? Because if I'm going to choose how to play, to play basketball, man, I got to put in work and I got to prove myself all over again. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, it tests a lot of resolution. It tests your ego. It will test a lot of things. And looking back at it, bro, I, when I look at myself, right, I would be so mad and disappointed in myself if I look at, look at myself in the mirror now. And I look at myself, I'm like, man, I made, I chose fear over you know, self-faith or faith. I chose, I doubted myself, you know, over having full confidence. And now that I'm 35, it's been eight years I've been playing pro since then. And now I look back at it, I'm like, man, I, I stood there, you know. I stood there, I was going to take the fall for it. And now I can see how beautiful this life is when you actually follow your dreams and you are not scared. And it's very simple, man. Because nothing is going to happen if you just follow your dreams. Who cares, man? Like, okay, you might not make enough money or the other things, but at least you'll be happy. And in my opinion, that's the, that's the bottom line. Mm, I love that, man. That's, that's really beautiful. It reminds me so much of like, you know, when I spoke to my therapist, this is when things really slowed down for me. This was like a conversation I had with her maybe four months ago. And it really resonated. It almost slowed things down for me and just in, in general. She's like, Kenny, you're in such a rush to get the next promotion, like whatever's next, that you're not realizing one day, if you keep living this way, there will not be a what's next. You'll reach the ceiling. We all say sky's the limit, but you're going to reach that ceiling and you're going to be at the highest level in which you're at. And you were in such a rush to get there that it prevented you from truly enjoying what it is that's in front of you, truly maximizing your potential, having, like you just said, the stories, the experiences, the grit that you're going to need when you become that CEO or that leader of whatever it is that you Mm want to do at the highest level. You need reps. You need experience. You need to be in the sauce long enough. And that hit me hard, man, because especially when she backed it up with examples where she's like, Kenny, you don't think I talk to high-level executives that are involved in what they're doing and they go, holy moly, I got another 20 years of work and it's in this same exact situation. There's nothing higher than this. This is it. And I spent year after year after year chasing what's the next thing. I got there perhaps very quickly. I put all my energy in this one thing, but now I got nothing else to show for. 
And now mm -hmm. I also, there's nothing next to this. And man, it's right. like living in a world right now where sometimes the content that I'm being shown through the algorithm and just through who I am as a person is you got to keep working hard. You got to keep what's next, what's next. And that burnt me out, man. That made me not appreciate yeah, what I have in front of me. And now I'm right, like right. thinking in reverse in their beer where I'm like, what would have, I like how you even shared it where you're like 27 year old, you would look forward now and be like eight years of more pro basketball. Sweet. This is yeah, what I yeah, yeah, wanted yeah. as opposed to, Oh, eight years of jumping around, still trying to figure it out. Dang. Right. Yeah, dang, and it's like, man. you know, I look back now and I'm like 20 year old Kenny would be so proud of who I am right now. You know, mm -hmm. love, man, like yeah. just feeling like it's like, I know I would feel that way because I could look back and see the life I'm living now and just appreciating because that comes with appreciating who's in your life now too. And I'm noticing right. that authenticity becomes more there. It slows things down in my performance as an athlete, but also just like enjoying my day as a person. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. your story reminds me so much of that, man. I wanted to share because I've always struggled with like not being content and uh, that can mm -hmm. sometimes be a double-edged sword, you know? Man, 100%. I think we all deal with that, right? We all deal with not being content with our lives, whether in our fields of sports or whether you're in a professional setting. And that's why, man, I'm so grateful to basketball because through this game, I've been able to travel the world, meet some amazing people around the world, right? And uh, share some, uh, hear some amazing stories, learn from some great people. But at the same time, man, it teaches you about life. And in a very fun way. And so I can't, I can't ask for more. So true, man. I love that, brother. There's, there's, it's so cool to just hear and see when we have so much love and passion for something, we're easily able to make our life revolve around it, you know? And, um, <laughs> and it's a game, bro. It's a game. It it's, it's, it's a game. It's, it's the middle piece that doesn't move. Think about it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's crazy to me. And like, even now, as you know, like you're talking about jujitsu, I know you're very passionate about jujitsu. Because anytime you talk about jujitsu, bro, your face lights up. Yeah. And why shouldn't your face light up every time you talk about it? Because you love something like that. And that one thing that you love so much should be involved in your life every day. It should, man. No matter what happens. Right. Whether it's you at 40 years old with kids and a wife at home and you're playing Sunday rec league basketball. Or you're just doing something to still involve yourself in it. It's yeah, man. I'm going to give it to the old guys. Yeah. Out those old guys. <laughs> I love that, man. Well, tell us, brother. I mean, you know, as we conclude here, what are some exciting things that you got um, underway in Thailand? How can we tune in? How can we give more love to three-on-three? Three? You know, what can we do to continue to support you, man? Well, Kenny, first of all, I got to correct you. It's 3x3. Oh, I know my the bad. commissioner here of the, yes. the 3 BL League. His name is Rohit Bakshi. He is the biggest 3x3 basketball fan. And at any time, you know, because, you know, grow up in America, U.S., I mean, U.S., Canada, we are not accustomed to 3x3. We always say 3-on-3. Three three. Yeah, so yeah. 3x, you know, and then he always corrects me. So I want to, you know, it's kind of in me too. That's Branding, sure, man, uh, 3x3. We got to do it justice, right? Yeah, exactly, man. Um, but anyways, man, this is the first ever professional league in Thailand. It's 3x3. 3x3 um, as a sport, as an Olympic sport. Uh, it was in the 2020 Olympics in Japan or 2021 Tokyo. And uh, now it's going to be in the 2024 Olympics in Paris as well. So a lot of the countries are making a push for it, right? And if you know about basketball, you know there's powerhouses in 5-on-5. Five five, and it's very hard for these 
smaller countries or countries that are not been that haven't been playing basketball for long to come up and compete for Olympics, such as India, such as Thailand, such as countries like Mongolia, Croatia, Slovenia, or I mean, Slovenia does compete. But 3x3 format is giving a chance to all these countries to grow basketball. Because, you know, when we play basketball, we don't start playing five on five. We play three on three, right? A street basketball. Yep. So it kind of brings that street element to the game, which is fast. It's entertaining. And uh, now it's giving countries a chance to not only uh, obviously make money in the business field, but also it's an, uh, it's an Olympic sport. So a lot of countries are actually making a huge push for it for 2024 to get a medal, you know, because there's only eight teams competing in the Olympics in 2024. And out of the eight teams, three teams are going to end up getting a medal. And in, two, in the Tokyo Olympics, uh, Latvia got gold medal in which Latvia will never get a gold medal in five on five basketball. Mm. Right. So now the countries like India, Thailand, Mongolia, Bye. you know, they're buying into this. They're actually fully investing in this because they realize how great of a game this is. And this game can, you know, change a lot of lives like mine and also change the circumstances of your country. Because in countries like Thailand, bro, when I'm here, I see there's, you know, people love basketball. In India, people love basketball. You'll yeah. be surprised how many people love basketball in India. But the corruption and the politics and the people that are so selfish, man, they won't let these people have that joy and have that experience and make money from it. It's a great way to make money. Mm. And so I, man, I really want to, like, now that I've had my, you know, I've had my, I've given my chances. I want to make sure that I, if I can do something with, uh, involving Indian basketball where I can help in small ways even, right, to bring Indian basketball to higher levels. That's something that I'm looking forward to doing in the in the upcoming years, and also you know continue to kick ass and uh, being the best version of myself. That's beautiful, man. So so well said, and I'm really glad you got to not only, you know, just speak a little bit on your own like background with being mentally and physically prepared, but just shining a brighter light on a really exciting new concept that's just being able to create just more worldwide attention. You know, everything from the Olympics to what three x three really is, man. Like it's cool to see you an ambassador and a player and a professional in that space. Um, is there anything you're doing, man, involved with sick games at all that you're willing to speak on behalf of, or is a lot of that just uh, not as much involvement quite yet? Yeah. Right now, all I know is that I am going to be a part of the sick Games. I'm not going to be playing the first year, but I know I'll be a part of it alongside you and Sabri. So I'm very, very excited and looking forward to that. Um, I'm not sure in what role or capacity I'll be used or I'll be a part of, but whatever I can do, man, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, I'll be the biggest advocate, um, you know, for sick athletes, number one, and also for three extra basketball. I love that brother. And uh, lastly, man, what would be like your, you know, just, and I know you could probably go on a tangent on this, but if you could give any advice to someone who, you know, is growing up culturally in a situation where their parents or their loved ones are telling them, no, no, don't take the risk of trying to spend all your time and energy in this professional sport, whether it be basketball, soccer, MMA, whatever it is, when someone takes a keen liking to wanting to become a professional in a sport, the risks that come with it, the opportunity costs, you name it, just when they have a support system that isn't as supportive as let's say one you have, what mm -hmm. advice would you give them in, in seeing what they can do to still find a way to pave a path for them professionally in the sport they want to play? 
And that's a that's a great question. And like you said, I, mean, I can talk about this for for hours. But I think to keep it short and simple, um, man, two things that I like I would just kind of say, man, and I, it can have a big, really big meaning. But really, it comes down to having no fear and no regrets, right? Nirpal Not having fear of what others think. What's that? That's a, a straight out of the Guru Granth Sahib. Nirpal Nirvair, if I'm saying Nirva, that. Yeah, Nirpal Nirvair, man. And I, it's so true, man. It's so simple. It's very true. Because if you just don't have fear, you know, why we have fear, man, we're only here for a short time. Mm. And we can't be worried about what others, you know, I got to do what I want to really want to do. It's a very short life. I, I want to live up to the most, most potential that I can live this life in. So no, no fear, no regrets. 100% man. I love that. That is awesome. Where can we Nirvana connect? Nirvana. Actually, no, not even no fear, no, no, no regrets. Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah, man, That's it, there it is. I love it. 100% man. <laughs> and uh, where can we connect with you, brother? We want to continue to support you. Our listeners would love to follow your journey out in Thailand. Where can we connect with you online to continue to follow the journey, man? Well, obviously, you know, I'm always available on my Instagram page. I want more followers. At Indirbikil12, but also uh, please follow 3BL Thailand. Uh, they're posting all the stats, when the next tournaments, and all of that stuff. Also follow FIBA 3x3 Basketball. They'll list all the tournaments that are happening the next in the next year and all the tournaments that are happening. So uh, please support 3x3 Basketball, man. It's it's uh it's changing lives. It's uh you know giving a lot of players a chance that they didn't have to really live the life that they actually want to live and be happy. So I'm very very grateful for this game and and uh, for this opportunity. There it is, man. I appreciate that so much, and uh, I'm excited to continue following the journey, man. Uh, you are out in Thailand. I must say, man. Like I remember going to Thailand. I love that place. I want to know where are you in Thailand right now? Where are you residing? I am in Sukhumvit. I'm in Bangkok. Nice. Right. And uh, so I'm literally like, bro, 15 minutes from uh, downtown here. Uh, we've already, you know, I've only been here about, about 10 days and seen some of the, you know, the sites and some of the temples. It's such a beautiful country, man. And the few food here is amazing. Uh, Thai massage is only $6. Dude, you so get I've a Thai massage, massage you get, every other day. You get pad Thai right in the corner. You have bro. Thai red curry. You got everyone saying Sabadi Kaap. Like everyone's so nice <laughs> in Thailand, man. It's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful, man. But pad Thai and shrimp tempura and a Coke is $4, man. You can't beat that. You live like a king, they say, in Thailand, man. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. a chance to enjoy it, man. And, you know, keep doing everything you're doing. I'm so inspired by you, brother. Keep keep, keep rocking and rolling out there. And um, I'm excited for us to connect more in the future. Um, if any one of our guests, I'm sure, got a ton of value of this, please, you know, follow Inder Beer Gill, follow 3B <laughs> Island. You know, let's continue to support him. And uh, we'll be following you from a distance, brother. We appreciate you, man. Well, thank you so much, Kenny. I appreciate talking to you, man. It was actually a lot of fun. I didn't even feel like this was like a radio interview or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it was just good topics, man. And I learned too from, from what you said. You said some really, really beautiful things. And it's going to help me. I know that. So thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And we'll connect soon. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. This is a wrap from Full Switch Series on the Universal Radio Network. Tune in every Friday on 1440 AM, 6 to 8 PM Mountain Standard Time. Thank you, Inderbeer. That's a wrap. Thank you, everybody.